0: A terrifying new DNA genetic genealogy firm is all over the news. The media bends over backwards to try and prevent their viewers from looking themselves in the mirror and finding out just what they've become. And it must be 2021 all over again because the ivermectin is horse medicine smear is back, baby. This is the Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Have you seen this Lindsey Graham, Russians are dying, best money we've ever spent story? There was a video this past Friday of Graham appearing to say that that was going around. And the story is interesting to me, probably for different reasons than it is to others. I find it interesting because the way it's being covered shows how the media is trying to maintain support for this Ukraine war con job by preventing their progressive Ukraine flag and their Twitter profile audience from realizing how awful the people are whom they're aligned with on this issue. Because if they did come to that realization, they might start questioning their position a bit because they don't want to be associated with those awful people. It's like how the feds and activists sometimes go to Trump or DeSantis rallies dressed as Nazis holding like a DeSantis 2024 flag. They're hoping that people will see them and be like, I really liked this guy until I realized all the Nazis loved him. Now, I have questions. Obviously, their ploy doesn't work too well because it's so obvious and people are used to it by now. But in the case of the Ukraine war, it actually is true that there are Nazis in the Azov Battalion, which is a key fighting force of the Ukraine military, which is why they, when the subject comes up, the media bends over backwards to try and confuse the issue and downplay the fact that it's true. And it's also true that bloodthirsty, warmongering Republicans like Senator Lindsey Graham believe that spending money, which results in the death of Russians, is the best thing that, that money can buy. And so in the coverage of this story, you can see how the media attempts to prevent their audience from realizing that Graham, who they're on the same side of on this, does in fact believe this. Here's how the AP covered the video of Graham and Zelensky. They said, in an edited video of his meeting on Friday with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, that was released by Zelensky's office, Graham, a Republican from South Carolina, noted that the Russians are dying and described the U.S. military assistance to the country as the best money we've ever spent. The article then says, while Graham appeared to have made the remarks in different parts of the conversation, the short video by Ukraine's presidential office put them next to each other, causing outrage in Russia. So you see what they did here. This is what the AP and these other news publications do when they're fact-checking or or debunking a video. They warn their audience of a video going around that looks real, but is actually disinformation in the form of deceptively edited video that makes it appear that someone said something that they never said nor meant. They're putting their progressive Ukraine war-supporting readers in that frame of mind here and making them believe that there's a deceptively edited video of Lindsey Graham going around that makes it look like he's saying awful things that he didn't actually say, nor did he mean, so that they can then go on supporting the Ukraine war without realizing the type of person that they are standing with in their support. Usually, when there's a fact check like this, the person in the video or a member of their team will come out and say, that's not what was said, this has been manipulated, especially if it would cause conflict if the video were believed. And after this video came out, There was conflict because Russia's Interior Ministry issued an arrest warrant for Graham saying it's hard to imagine a greater shame for the country than having such senators. So, with that happening, in response to a video that the AP portrayed as being deceptively edited about Lindsey Graham, what did Graham do? Well, he certainly didn't deny saying what he's portrayed as saying. Instead, in response to the warrant, Graham stated in a tweet that To know that my commitment to Ukraine has drawn the ire of Putin's regime brings me immense joy. I will continue to stand with and for Ukraine's freedom until every Russian soldier is expelled from Ukrainian territory. He then followed that tweet up with another that said, I will wear the arrest warrant issued by Putin's corrupt and immoral government as a badge of honor. That tweet included a link to an ABC News article that was just an exact republication of this AP article. So Graham had no problem with how the video was edited because it portrayed him exactly as he is. It betrayed his beliefs exactly, so why would the AP make it seem like it was deceptively edited to make him look like he was saying something that he did not say or believe, when Graham himself was basically like, hell yeah, that's exactly what I meant. And that reason is because they are desperately trying to maintain public support for this Ukraine proxy war that we're fighting, and if progressives start looking at themselves in the mirror and realize that they're aligned with a Republican warmonger who openly expresses his view that he loves spending taxpayer dollars to see Russians die, well, their support is going to start to waver. And this is what the media does. They're constantly running interference and reporting stories in a way that blocks their viewers from recognizing what it is that they're actually supporting. Here's a quick story. Remember when CNN spent like all of 2021 calling ivermectin, which has... Been approved for human use since 1987, is a commonly prescribed drug, is widely known as being safe for humans, as horse medicine, horse dewormer, because people were taking it for COVID, including Joe Rogan, who did not like that. And he confronted Sanjay Gupta when he had him on his show about why this happened. Here's a little refresher on how that went for Sanjay. They lie and say that's horse dewormer. I can afford people medicine, this is ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is... Th- but don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? Can I just come back to the one? I want to talk about... I, do, no, no, do, no, no. Two no, 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 things no. i you have Before we get to that, does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied? Well... Outright lied about me taking horse dewormer. They, They, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. He doesn't know. And Sanjay's defense, that was the old CNN. We all know that they've changed. They don't do things like that anymore, right? Wrong. Just last week, Minnesota Governor Tim Waltz was on CNN referring to ivermectin as horse medicine like it was 2021 all over again. Here he is with Aaron Burnett. Oh, I don't know. I I have to tell you, I I dealt with this here, too, as I think there's a responsibility of people who are putting out information. I dealt with that as a governor during covid and I've got the Mayo Clinic and the best healthcare systems running against people who are promoting, you know, horse medicine and things like that. I think there's a resp- there it is promoting horse medicine. Let's see if she corrects him. Responsibility to screen out some of the dangerous. But look, um, I'm, I'm all for the democracy. They'll work that when it gets out. President I- President Biden's going to get the nomination. He's going to win re-election because he's doing the work. So uh, it's fine. We're a healthy party. We can deal with it. All right. Well, Governor Waltz, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much, much, Governor Waltz. Thank you very much for reverting back to 2021 again. So apparently that's never going to end because these people are not real journalists. They are horses' asses. They should be taking ivermectin. Here's another quick story. The recently released Durham report showed, among other things, that former CIA director John Brennan showed what anyone who's not blind already knows about him, that he is a liar and a propagandist. And the report says about Brennan, one of the things it says about him, and this is a quote, According to his handwritten notes, CIA director Brennan subsequently briefed President Obama and other senior national security officials on the intelligence, including the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal from one of her foreign advisors to vilify Trump, to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services. So, he was aware of this plan and the Steele dossier and all of that back in 2016, yet he was one of the main voices, one of the main propagandists who would go on these networks and spread these lies about Russian collusion. So obviously, now that he's been exposed in the report based on his own handwritten notes, he can no longer go on any of these networks running his mouth about Trump and Russia, right? Wrong. Here he is on MSNBC last week talking about how Putin is trying to send a signal that Trump is his guy. And it feels like he is just simply trying to send a message to Donald Trump. Hey, buddy, I support you. It it is surprising to me that that has not been hung uh, on Donald Trump, that there hasn't been a louder cry of doesn't this prove that you're Putin's guy? I think what he's doing now, Putin, is trying to signal to that mega base that there is this kindred spirithood between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. And so I do think that Putin is not only trying to send a message to Donald Trump that he's going to do what he can to get him back into the White House, but also sending a signal to the MAGA base that he, Vladimir Putin, is somebody that they should continue to respect and admire. And unfortunately, I find it hard to believe in this day and age, particularly after the bloody assault and plundering of Ukraine, that any American would look favorably upon Vladimir Putin. But unfortunately, many Americans, just the way they were looking at Donald Trump as a favorite strongman, uh, I think they looked at, at Vladimir Putin the same way. I find it hard to believe how any Americans could look favorably upon this proven liar. I mean, all this guy does is get up, put on a suit and tie, sit in front of his camera, and tell lies on MSNBC. That, that That's all he does every day is make shit up. With Operation Mockingbird, I mean, at least the CIA was covertly spreading propaganda via the networks. Now it's just right out in the open that they're just lying. And apparently nothing can damage the credibility with their audience. Not even the fact that this guy was just exposed for spreading Russian collusion lies that he knew about all along. They can just continue going on these networks talking about Trump Russia. No one who watches MSNBC has has, has read a word of the Durham, Durham report, or they have heard some of these stories, and they just love the lies he tells so much that they just don't care. Just feels so good, the lies. All right, the next story I want to talk about is a true crime story, one that I am familiar with because it happened at a place that I've been going to every summer for as long as I can remember, and that place is Lake Oconee here in Georgia. I also want to talk about this story because of a new forensic genetic genealogy testing lab that's part of this story and that's also been in the news a lot lately for solving cold cases that is unlike any DNA testing lab that's ever existed, apparently. I have certainly never heard of anything like this place, and it could be a glimpse into the future of crime solving. Let's start with what happened at Lake Oconee. In May of 2014, an elderly couple named Russell and Shirley Dermond were murdered in their lakefront home on Lake Oconee. The reason that this story was such a shock to everyone at the time was because the Dermans lived in a wealthy, gated golf community in what is called Great Waters at Reynolds Plantation. I've been to this place a number of times. I had friends who worked there when I was in college. I worked at the Ritz Carlson on the lake just down the road. This place is no joke. It's the most luxurious place that I've ever been to in my life. You can't just walk into it. You have to be led in by security. The people who got in there either worked at one of the facilities, they lived there, or they were with someone who worked there or lived there. And if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure you had to sign in and out if you did not live there. What I'm saying is, it was highly secure. There hadn't been a murder in that county, I think, in 25 years or so, and there had never been a murder in that community. So it was shocking to everybody who went to that lake at the time. And the circumstances of the murders make it even weirder. Uh, the couple that was murdered were nearly 90 years old. The wife was 87. The husband was 88. The husband's body was found somewhere between May 1st and May 4th, is when they think the murders occurred. And the husband's body was found by a neighbor in the couple's garage, decapitated. To this day, they still have not found his head. Because gunshot residue was found on his collar, police believe that he was decapitated after having been shot in the head in an attempt to prevent police from finding the bullet. They even put towels around the blood pooling from his body so that it wouldn't seep under the garage door and into the driveway and call attention to it. The husband, Russell, Was last seen alive on security video at a Publix on May 1st, 2014, as he was running errands in Eatonton. His wife was originally believed to have been kidnapped, but her body was then later found by a fisherman six days later, floating six miles up the lake with cinder blocks tied to her ankles and her head had been bashed in. This happened right as the summer lake season kicked off, and I remember being up there right after it happened, before they had found her body, while everybody still thought it was a kidnapping. And people were spooked, man, that Publix they last saw him in that they showed on video on television. We went to that Publix all the time. It was weird. As for the crime scene, there were no signs of forced entry, no witnesses, no fingerprints, nothing seemed out of place, no missing jewelry, nothing seemed stolen, and there was no known motive or or no signs of a struggle. None of the neighbors had seen or heard anything or had any idea why the couple might have been murdered. And because it's such a highly secure gated community, it's believed that the killer or killers likely arrived to the house by boat and then left by boat, obviously, because they took her, went up the lake, and dumped her body. Okay, so that's the creepy unsolved murder from nine years ago, and it's back in the news today because with the help of a new forensic DNA testing lab in Texas, new DNA has been discovered on nine-year-old evidence that previous DNA testing did not find. This happened after the sheriff working the case sent evidence to this company, which claims to be leading a revolution in how cold cases are resolved. That's where the Lake Oconee case currently stands. The company that the evidence was sent to is helping authorities go through the process of trying to match the DNA that was discovered, hoping that they can generate some leads. It's possible, however, that the DNA found is... Just more DNA from the victims, but I hope that they solve that case. Although, the company helping them seems a little bit suspicious to me. The company helping police is called Authorim, and they make some pretty big claims about what they can do. They're very salesy, and their methodology is unlike any that I've ever come across before, and it's quite shocking, to, to be honest with you. They are apparently the world's first private lab that specializes in only forensic genetic genealogy. That's it, nothing else. So it's not like 23andMe where you can send them your DNA and get information back about your ancestors or your health. All they do is help law enforcement solve unresolved crimes. That's what they live for. And they claim to have solved 250,000 unsolved homicides since their inception in 2018. They even have all over their website, as you can see on the homepage here, clickable solve your case links where when you click on them, it takes you to a page that you can request to have your unsolved case analyzed and even receive a free quote so you can find out what solving that cold case is going to cost you. They should do like a, we'll solve that first murder for free offer or something like that. I mean, it's just very salesy. Their whole thing with the forensic focus is that they claim to produce courtroom admissible DNA evidence ready for forensic testimony. They offer from crime scene to courtroom DNA services, which is great. If they're always correct, if their DNA is perfect, not so great if it's not. Here's how they describe themselves on their mission page. Forensics and justice for all. Justice is not a luxury. It's a basic human right. Safety is an exception, or excuse me, safety is an expectation of modern society and can only be achieved when justice is universal. Society requires infrastructure, roads, bridges, highways, and so does the criminal justice system. At Othram, we are building the roads and underlying infrastructure that will deliver justice for all cases everywhere. Very interesting. So justice is a universal thing, according to them, even though there's competing justice systems around the world. And for all cases everywhere. Wow. Here's how they describe what they do on that same page. There it is. (laughs) From crime scene to the courtroom. Sounds like from cradle to career. Authorum combines laboratory science, software, and process to build a better and more robust infrastructure for justice. Infrastructure for justice actually sounds like a Stacey Abrams novel. And they say that their technology enables local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies across the United States and internationally to break through previously impenetrable forensic DNA barriers and close previously unsolved cases— infrastructure for justice they say also known as their dna database that apparently law enforcement agencies globally will have access to and this idea that they can somehow do what no other dna testing lab can do and break through these forensic dna barriers quite a bold claim there but they don't really explain why everyone else sucks all the other dna labs and somehow they don't how come they are the only ones who have figured this out i mean they don't really explain why that is they only explain That it is. That they are the best. In fact, their claim is that they're able to access genetic information from forensic evidence that has failed or is unsuitable for testing with other labs, including highly degraded, contaminated, chemically damaged, and mixed source DNA. And that they can extract it, enrich it, repair it, test it, and analyze it all in the confines of their in-house facility with full chain of custody which is what makes it meet the evidentiary standards required to be admissible in court. Not only that, one of their forensic DNA expert analysts will testify in court for you. It's a one-stop DNA shop like on steroids because it sounds like there's no DNA that is ever too messed up for this company to find, fix, and make court-ready. They're basically like the Superman of DNA testing labs. They call this method of theirs forensic-grade genome sequencing, and they claim that more forensic genetic genealogy cases have been solved with it than any other method. So send them your evidence. They'll find the DNA, no problem. And then once they do, what they do next is they create a DNA profile based on what they found. And these profiles they create are also world-class, and shoulders, Superman-like above the rest because their profiles contain so many DNA markers, they say, that their profiles are compatible with any genealogy database in existence. All of them, which means they'll have a much broader worldwide base of potential DNA matches to try and match with the profile, making finding leads or matches more likely, which again, that's great news if they are perfectly accurate 100% of the time. Only means there's going to be more people who are wrongly convicted of something if they're not. That's not all. And this is the most interesting part of this company to me. They also have their own private DNA database. And they're currently expanding it. This database is called the DNA Solves Genetic Database. And it's not a publicly available database that you and I can search. Law enforcement officials, however, not just local, state, tribal, and federal, you recall, but globally will have unlimited access to this This genetic database, it gets better because where do these DNA profiles in their database, where do they come from? They come from people who voluntarily submit their DNA to the database. Voluntarily. They are submitting their DNA voluntarily to every law enforcement agency on the planet, according to... The words on this website, why would anyone do that, you might be asking yourself? That's a great question. Well, when you click on their DNA database page here, let me me find it. There it is. You see that at the top of the page, they appeal to the popularity of true crime sleuthing, as well as people's desire to want to solve crimes and, and help out these families who don't know what happened to their loved ones. And they tell you at the top of the page right there. It says, you can help solve a case by contributing your DNA to their for law enforcement's eyes only database. That's all I have to do to help? Why didn't you say so? I want to be a hero. Take my DNA. Not only that, you're also given the opportunity to help solve a true crime case, a real one, by donating to the case of your choosing and helping fund the DNA work this company is doing on that case. It looks like a GoFundMe page, the way it's set up, where you search through all the campaigns, read about the crime, see what the target amount of money they're trying to raise is, which is $7,500 on all of these. Those have about $500 they've raised. And then you choose which case you'd like to donate and help solve. It takes crowdfunding to a whole new level. And they're totally playing off of how people love to sleuth online to try and solve some of these true crime mysteries. In fact, it says on their How It Works page here, We combine crowdfunding, volunteer data, and cutting-edge genomics to solve, quote, unsolvable cases. And then they list a lot of the cases they claim to have solved. I looked through some of those, and some of them, they did help identify people. Others that they put under the solved section, the case really isn't solved. They have just created a profile and sent it to law enforcement who is using it who is like following the leads that they created. There's no guarantee that these leads are going to be correct. They could be looking for the wrong people. Yet they have those under their solved section to pump up those statistics that I told you about earlier. So all these stories that I've seen pop up in the news recently that has at the center of them, this new DNA lab and their technology in Texas helping revitalize and potentially solve these cold cases is advertising... For this company, driving people to the website, to one campaign or another, raising money for these campaigns, which are going to this company, and expanding their volunteer DNA database, which has to be their ultimate goal here. That's got to be what they want the most, to make that database as big as possible. You know that all the governments of the world that would have access to it have a stake in that, so they want this company to succeed as well. In fact, if you don't already have a DNA profile that you can send them, they will send you Uh, a swab kit just for 15 bucks, and then you can just send it right back to them directly. So just for $15, you can just give access to the globe's police forces to your DNA. I found this to just be extraordinary, coaxing people into giving the police around the world access to their DNA, which is absolutely going to result in someone being convicted of something they didn't do Because DNA testing is not perfect, and it's happened a number of times before, and since this is global in scale here, we could end up having people getting wrongly charged with committing international crimes. Okay, I'm going to stop right there, and what we're going to do in the DMBXR, the subscriber only portion of the show, is I'm going to continue going through this website because it's extraordinary to me, and I actually read their terms of services, their frequently asked questions, and their privacy policy and they just blew me away they express some of these these sentiments here but they go in great detail about it and they are very clear about what they do guarantee and what they don't which contrast greatly from these sensational claims that they've been making on their website about what they can do it, it, it's fascinating what they're doing to convince people to just give them their dna and then on the back end on their terms of service that they know that nobody's going to read just, there's no way. There's no way you do it if you read the things that I'm going to read in the XR. And if you want to get access to the DMB XR, go to patreon.com slash propagandareport. Subscribe there today. This is how I support the show. And what you will get with the subscriber-only portion is you also get the Drive Time News Blast, this show, ad-free. I combine it with the DMB XR, put it into a private RSS feed on Patreon that you can then pop in to your uh, any podcast player that you listen from and listen to the show. It shows up in your feed as soon as I upload it to Patreon. Also, check me out on YouTube, YouTube youtube.com slash Brad Binkley at Freedom Act Radio on Twitter. Propaganda Fight is my website where you can find all of my shows there. And leave a review if you enjoy the show. Share it with friends. Leave me a five-star review and a nice comment. It warms my heart and helps me keep going. Thank you guys for listening. We are going to continue this conversation in the DNB XR. We'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. This is the Drive Time News Blast XR. I am Brad Binkley. Let's dive into these Amazing terms of service and frequently asked questions and whatnot, which I can't imagine a single individual who read any of this would move forward with volunteering their DNA, which most people probably don't read it, but it's pretty pretty wild. The FAQ describes the database more clearly like this. It says, The DNA Solves Registry is a repository of all qualifying DNA profiles received by DNA Solves from all contributors— it's essentially a place where all contributions are stored. So contributors are what they call the donors, the DNA volunteers, and contributions are their DNA profiles. That's a little creepy, right? A little dystopian. Thank you, contributors. Today, we celebrate the contributors. To the question of what is the purpose of the registry, they say, the purpose of the registry is to aid human identification investigations involving Law enforcement agencies and organizations, other governmental or quasi-governmental agencies or, or, and organizations, and those acting on behalf of or at the direction of such agencies and organizations. Wait a minute. Quasi-government agencies and organizations? Just those acting on behalf of them also? Well, not only will everyone or every government on the planet have access to this DNA, the DNA of the contributors, But so will non-governmental organizations and just whoever they want to have access to it. This is crazy. Here they clarify how their system works here a bit, the registry. The registry aids investigations involving investigators, which is, you know, all the governments on the planet and non-governmental organizations, by creating a DNA profile registry for matching contributors, the donors, with persons who may be missing, unidentified, victims of crimes, perpetrators of crimes, or otherwise connected to such investigations. This means that in connection with these investigations, DNA Solves will have access to your contribution and the contributions of all other contributors and will have the ability to, one, use and analyze your contribution, match or attempt to match your contribution and all other contributions with affected persons, and three, provide the results of those use, analysis, and matching efforts to the investigators, which is done, they say, to assist locating missing persons and generating leads for identifying unknown persons, which includes the victims and the perpetrators of crimes, violent crimes even and uh, like crimes aren't the same in every country so uh, can people just these countries have wide open access to people's dna based on some stupid law in some random country listen to this one uh, once such results are provided to the investigators the investigate the investigators are solely responsible for how such results are used and maintained They just pass it to these governments and these police departments, and they can just do with it what they will. It's out of the company's hands after that. Take the DNA, do what you want with it. Unbelievable, man. And then they get crystal clear here in response to the question, am I opting into something? Yes. Again, let's be very clear. This is what it says verbatim. Let's be very clear about what you are agreeing to in these terms. And then it has in all caps. So they they were writing in normal case and then they changed it to all caps here. So they're yelling at us here in their terms of service. By submitting your DNA or your DNA profile to DNA Solves, you are expressly opting in and consenting to your inclusion in the registry and in the registry. Wow. And authorizing DNA Solves to access, use and analyze your DNA and DNA profile for all purposes in connection with the investigations and provide the results of such access use and, and analysis to investigators, to governments around the world, which they then go on to offer a word of warning. They say, we cannot guarantee that you will be satisfied with the results of or, or information learned in connection with your participation in the registry, searches against your DNA profile, or the results of the investigations. You may learn unwanted or unexpected information, and that unwanted or unexpected information may cause distress. For example, you may discover that a family mem- family member or loved one has been the victim of a crime or has a criminal history. You may also discover that a family member or loved one has died or that you, or that you have previously unknown, a previously unknown family member. You may become a contributor solely at your own risk and take full responsibility for all consequences of your contribution and the sharing of your contribution in connection with an investigation. They also forgot to add that you may be wrongly convicted of an international crime. They then reinforce the fact that you're giving permission to run your DNA through the testing process to create a DNA profile and then authorizing them to disclose the results of the analysis performed on your contribution to these investigators globally. Plus, you agree that your contribution and all resulting data may be transferred to and processed in the U.S. and you agree that we reserve the right to add additional countries. DNA donors may be thinking to themselves that they will never get themselves in trouble here because they don't commit crimes. They're not going to be wrongly convicted of anything. And they'd be correct if these profiles were, did this company produce, if it's always correct, which would be great. But despite all their grand promises about how amazing they are and all the things they can do, one thing they definitely do not promise or guarantee is 100% accuracy or anything at all. To the terms of service, it says... DNA Solves does not warrant or guarantee that the offerings or user submissions will be uninterrupted or error-free. And they don't guarantee any specific results from use of the offerings, content, or the user submission, or the making of a contribution. DNA Solves disclaims all express or implied warranties, including, relating to, and then they have accuracy, <laughs> quality, quality completeness, reliability, timeliness, or usefulness. So the donor is making themselves vulnerable to having any government on the planet access their DNA and do whatever they want with it. Yet the company who has convinced them to do that has disclaimed all express or implied warranties about accuracy, quality, completeness, reliability, timeliness, or any useful— I mean, this is just—this is hilarious. And finally, and this is the best disclaimer of them all, we cannot guarantee the effectiveness or reliability of any collection kit that we provide or the methods by which your DNA is collected, or the methods by which you submit your DNA, or your DNA profile. They can't guarantee anything that they do. In addition, despite our best efforts, there may be challenges or limitations associated with our laboratory services, (laughs) and we cannot guarantee that such services will be uninterrupted or error-free. So please, give us your DNA so we can give it to every government on the planet. Wow. All right. That is extraordinary. Look out for this company in the news. You're going to see them more if you're watching closely. That's where I'm going to wrap up the show. Thank you guys for watching, and we will talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.